Welcome back to our study of 2 Kings. We are in 2 Kings chapter 17, and so much of what we have seen so far in 2 Kings has been leading up to this chapter and to this moment where Israel is taken into exile by the Assyrians. This is one of those key events that it's helpful to know the date for because it's sort of a a benchmark in Israel's history. This is an event that took place in 722 BC. So just over 700 years before Christ came, this is what happened to the nation of Israel. We're going to see Uh, here in chapter 17 that they were taken into exile but we're also going to get a lengthy explanation of why they went into exile and also a hint that Judah is next. Let's look at chapter 17. We're just going to look at the first 23 verses. It's a long chapter so we're going to break it up. 2 Kings 17 verses 1 to 23. Here's what we find. Verse 1. In the twelfth year of Ahaz, king of Judah, Hoshea, the son of Elah, began to reign in Samaria over Israel. And he reigned nine years. And he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, yet not as the kings of Israel who were before him. Against him came up Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, and Hoshea became his vassal and paid him tribute. But the king of Assyria found treachery in Hoshea, For he had sent messengers to So, king of Egypt, and offered no tribute to the king of Assyria, as he had done year by year. Therefore the king of Assyria shut him up and bound him in prison. Then the king of Assyria invaded all the land and came to Samaria, and for three years he besieged it. Now let's pause there and just note, Hosea is the king of Israel. He was mentioned uh, back in chapter 15, and he was not a good king. Uh, it does say he wasn't, you know, he wasn't like all the like all the kings that came before him, uh, but he was uh, still a king who did what was evil in God's sight. So he was not a good king. Uh, that's typical of the kings of Israel. And he, at some point, became a vassal. It says to the king of Assyria. In other words, he had to pay tribute to the king of Assyria. And at some point, he rebelled. Uh, he reached out to the king of Egypt. He quit sending his tribute to Assyria, and so, of course, the king of Assyria took action against him and came uh, into the land of Israel and uh, besieged Samaria, which, of course, was the the capital city of the northern kingdom of Israel. And then verse 6 says, In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria, and he carried the Israelites away to Assyria and placed them in Hala and on the Habor, the river of Gozan, and in the cities of the Medes. So when he captured Samaria, what he did was he took the people into exile. And in the second half of the chapter, which we won't get to today, we'll learn what happened uh, in the land of Israel, who lived there after this point. That'll, that'll come later in the chapter in a different uh, session. But uh, in this one, it's just important to note that the, the people of Israel, which again is the northern kingdom of Israel, this does not include Judah, which is the southern kingdom. The people of the northern kingdom of Israel are taken into exile by the Assyrians. They're carried away from their land. And now God is going to tell us why. Why would this happen? This is a huge deal, right? Because God promised the people of Israel, the children of Abraham, this land, the land of Canaan, all the way back in the book of Genesis. He promised them that he would give them this land. He brought them out of Egypt, 
brought them into the promised land. It's in the promised land that uh, God had them uh, set up uh, the temple right in the days of Solomon. God's name dwells there. That's where they're supposed to worship him. And so for them to be carried out of this land into exile, that is a huge deal. Why did this happen? Why would God either allow it to happen or cause it to happen? Well, we're going to find out why this happened starting in verse 7. It says, And this occurred because the people of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods and walked in the customs of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel and in the customs that the kings of Israel had practiced. So he tells us the reason this happened is because of Israel's sin. Because Israel sinned against God, and remember this is the God who had saved them, who rescued them, it tells us. They sinned against the God who brought them up out of Egypt. And what did they do? Verse 8, they walked in the customs of the nations whom the Lord drove out. Right? So the nations that they uh, displaced, as it were, they followed their customs instead of following what God wanted them to do. Uh, it also says in the customs that the kings of Israel had practiced. So we, the kings of Israel have been idolaters. They have been worshiping false gods, gods other than the one true and living God. And if we've wondered along the way, you know, well, are the people following suit or is this just something the kings are doing? Well, now we're told the people joined the kings. They followed the kings of Israel in their idolatry. They followed them in their customs. Verse 9 says, And the people of Israel did secretly against the Lord their God things that were not right. They built for themselves high places in all their towns from watchtower to fortified city. They set up for themselves pillars and asherim on every high hill and under every green tree. And there they made offerings on all the high places as the nations did whom the Lord carried away before them. And they did wicked things, provoking the Lord to anger. All right, let's pause there. So they're doing secret sinful things in verse 9. Uh, they're also, uh, they built for themselves these high places where they would worship. Uh, as we talked about before, you know, it's possible that they would be seeking to worship God uh, on those places, which is still contrary to what God told them to do, but better than outright idolatry. Probably though, uh, it was idolatry. It wasn't them trying to worship God, but worshiping all kinds of other gods. We know for sure that's what they were doing, and probably that's what this is referring to here as well. Uh, it says in verse 12, or excuse me, in verse 11, or you know, yeah, verse 12, that they served idols, of which the Lord had said to them, you shall not do this. Then verse 13, yet the Lord warned Israel and Judah by every prophet and every seer, saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes in accordance with all the law that I commanded your fathers and that I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. So Israel is worshiping idols. They've turned away from God. They're sinning against him. They're doing secret uh, evil things. And uh, God still loves them. God still cares for them. God is sending prophet after prophet, seer after seer, telling them, turn from your sinful ways. Turn back to me. Turn away from these false gods that cannot save. Come to me, the one who has saved you, who delivered you from Egypt and can deliver you again. But they did not listen. 
It's a reminder to us, one, that when God uh, convicts us of sin by the Holy Spirit or in some way we, we uh, encounter Him calling us to turn back to Him from whatever sin we've wandered into, whether that's um, you know, God speaking to us through a sermon or through our Bible reading or through a friend or whatever. When God reaches out to us in our sin and calls us to come back, He's not being mean, right? He's being loving. He's being kind. And we should heed Him. We should listen to Him. We should turn back to Him. We should turn away from that sin, turn away from that darkness, and turn to the light, turn to the Lord. But the people of Israel didn't do that. Verse 14, But they would not listen, but were stubborn as their fathers had been, who did not believe in the Lord their God. They despised his statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers and the warnings that he gave them. They went after false idols and became false. And they followed the nations that were around them concerning whom the Lord had commanded them that they should not do like them. And they abandoned all the commandments of the Lord their God and made for themselves metal images of two calves. And they made an Asherah and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served Baal. All right, so they don't listen to God when he sends prophets to call them to repentance, to call them back to him. They don't listen to him. Instead, they despise his statutes and his covenant, it says. They, they don't care at all about God's word and what God has told them. They go after idols, right? They're idolaters. Uh, they follow the nations, like he said before. Um, and they, verse 16 says, they abandoned all the commandments, right? So they didn't even try to keep any of God's commands. And then it tells us, uh, it goes all the way back to sort of the beginning when it tells us that they made for themselves metal images of two calves. That's what Jeroboam did. Remember, was the first king of Israel when Israel split off from Judah. But not only that, it says they made an Asherah, which also was part of idolatrous worship, they worshipped all the hosts of heaven, which probably means they're worshipping like the sun and the moon and the stars. Uh, and it says they uh, served Baal, which of course is a false god that we read about in the Old Testament. Um, famously, you know, Elijah had his showdown with the prophets of Baal. Verse 17, it gets even worse. It says, And they burned their sons and their daughters as offerings and used divination and omens and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. So they sacrificed their children. They practiced things that they were not supposed to practice, like divination. Um, they were involved just in all kinds of wickedness and evil and idolatry. It was extremely, extremely bad. The nation of Israel had corrupted itself. It had turned away from the Lord. It had uh, plugged up its ears, as it were, refusing to listen whenever God tried to call them back. Uh, their sin had been persistent and consistent. It was wicked. It was awful. God was justly angry, yet he still loved his people. But they had brought these consequences on themselves. Verse 18 says, Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. None was left but the tribe of Judah only. All right, so this is why 
Israel is sent away into exile because of all this terrible sin that they committed, because they turned their back on the Lord, because they had forsaken Him, uh, broken His covenant, disregarded His law, worshipped other gods, been unfaithful to Him, all these things, and on and on and on, and not just for a brief period of time, but over and over and over under the reign of king after king after king after king after king. And so what did God do? He removed them out of his sight. He sent them into exile. This is the same kind of thing that happened to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. When God told them, don't eat from this particular tree, and they didn't listen, and they ate anyways, they rebelled against God, and they went their own way, what did God do? He removed them from the Garden of Eden. They were exiled from paradise, right? From Eden. In a similar way, The nation of Israel, dwelling in this wonderful promised land that God had given them, because they did not listen to God, because they went their own way, because they refused to do what God told them to do, and they did the things that God told them not to do, that God has now removed them from the special land that he had prepared for them, the the promised land, and they have been taken away into exile by their enemies. Now, This does not bode well for Judah, because look what it says next. Verse 19, Judah also did not keep the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the customs that Israel had introduced. And the Lord rejected all the descendants of Israel and afflicted them and gave them into the hand of plunderers until he had cast them out of his sight. So the end of verse 18 says that only the tribe of Judah was left. But then verse 19 tells us, not all is well with Judah either. They are following Israel's example. They're doing the same kinds of things that Israel's doing. And here's what happened to Israel. They were sent into exile. And so what do we expect is going to happen to Judah? The same thing. Judah is also going to be taken into exile because Judah is acting like Israel and God took Israel into exile. And so it's going to be over a hundred years Uh, before that happens to Judah, but it's going to happen to Judah too. Uh, We're in chapter 17 of 2 Kings now. In chapter 25, which is the last chapter of 2 Kings, Judah will be taken into exile, not by Assyria this time, but by the Babylonians. Uh, So things do not look good for Judah either. And then here's where we're going to finish, verse 21 to 23. says, When he had torn Israel from the house of David, they made Jeroboam the son of Nebat king, And Jeroboam drove Israel from following the Lord and made them commit great sin. The people of Israel walked in all the sins that Jeroboam did. They did not depart from them until the Lord removed Israel out of his sight as he had spoken by all his servants, the prophets. So Israel was exiled from their own land to Assyria until this day. So this traces Israel's sin that led to her exile all the way back to Jeroboam. Remember Jeroboam, as we said before, was the first king of Israel when Israel broke off from Judah after the death of King Solomon. And it says, notice the words it uses. It says that Jeroboam drove Israel from following the Lord and made them commit great sin. So Jeroboam was active uh, in leading Israel into sin. But It wasn't only Jeroboam's fault because Jeroboam didn't live forever. He's not still king, right? We've had many, many kings since Jeroboam's time uh, up until now. 
But notice what it says next in verse 22. The people of Israel walked in all the sins that Jeroboam did. They did not depart from them. They had plenty of chances to depart from them. Jeroboam wasn't their king forever. But they didn't. They continued in the way that Jeroboam had led them. Until it says, verse 23, the Lord removed Israel out of his sight, as he had spoken by all his servants, the prophets. He'd warned them about this. He told them this was coming. They still didn't listen. They still insisted on going their own way. That's a warning for us, right? That we need to listen to God, listen to his word. When we stray and he calls us back, we should receive that call and turn back to him. But notice also, uh, or think also about this. Adam and Eve were exiled from the Garden of Eden. Israel is exiled from the Promised Land. Judah is going to be exiled as well. This is a persistent problem, right? This is a theme. And we know from the Bible that we're not any better than Israel. We're not any better than Judah. We're not any better than Adam and Eve, right? That we too uh, sin. The Bible says that all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each one to his own way. What's the remedy for that? Well, the Bible says the Lord has laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Jesus experienced a kind of exile on our behalf on the cross. He took the curse for us. He took our sin upon himself. He took the punishment for our sin. He cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he experienced all that so that anybody who does turn to him and does trust in him will never be cut off from God's presence. The Bible promises that God will never leave us or forsake us. There's no exile for those who are in Christ. No condemnation for those who are in Christ, Romans 8.1 says. And another way of saying that is there's, uh, of saying what Jesus accomplishes, there's no exile for us. We will not be banished to the outer darkness. There's no hell. There's no condemnation. There's no judgment for those who are in Christ. Jesus has already experienced all that our sins deserved in our place. So that instead of being removed from God's sight, the Bible says we will actually see his face and we will dwell in his presence forever. And he will be our God and we will be his people. Amen. What a blessing. Heed the warning. Receive God's mercy. Amen.